Okay, welcome to another edition of Culture Pass Podcast, a podcast where we get to interact with people from different backgrounds and get to learn about other cultures. Today, I have an artist on the podcast. I have a daughter of uh, Ethiopia on the podcast. I have a lady of many talents on the podcast who we'll be getting to know in the next couple of minutes. Karima, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Good, good, good. How's it going? How's your day going? Ah, it's been good. I'm so excited. I've been waiting for this podcast, so yeah, excited yeah, to be it. For people watching the video, you see her do the little head bob there. Karima. <laughs> there we go. There we go. From what I understand, this is your very first podcast, right? Yes, very first podcast. Okay, okay. At least I can lay claim to you. So when you're winning that Grammy, I can be like, yep, she was here <laughs> first. You know, that kind of thing. Are you going to promise to shout me out on stage? What's the deal? Absolutely. First one on the list. <laughs> <laughs> First one on the list. Okay, I'm gonna, I got, I'm gonna cut out this clip and post it. <laughs> but it's all good. It's all good. I mean, we're recording on Thursday, November twelfth, and you know, we're just at the cusp of the. I guess some people call it the second wave of coronavirus. Like a couple of cities are starting to take precautions again to, like, you know, restrict movement. You know limit capacity in restaurants on bars. Uh, Pfizer just, uh, you know, like released a vaccine a couple of days ago. But tell me how it's been for you as an artist. Like um, most artists live for the live performances, live for the interactions, you know, delivering their music off stage to people who they can see react to it in real time. How's it been for you um, during this last few months? No, I think um, for me, it's been really hard to be motivated to and feel inspired to to sing, to write, to dance, um, things like that during quarantines. Oh, you dance as well. I didn't know that. I like dancing. I'm not on anything official, but Yeah, no, I I use that as a way to like, you know, for me it's stress relieving. So, you know kind of being cooped up and not being around my friends and not being able to be inspired around people because I'm very like extroverted. I, I have to have people around me. So kind of being That's cooped nice. up is really tough. And for me, I think that I have been lucky to, you know, I'm grateful for where I am and being home and having, you know, gone through COVID being fine. Um, but I can't imagine, you know, going through having shows, having things listed. I know a lot of people who've gone through that where a lot of their shows have been canceled and that's a lot. That was their main source for income, you know, and I think that's really tough. But, you know, thankfully, I like how people have been like renovating and, and creating, going out of the box, like for these live shows and being, you know, safe social distancing and whatnot. So hats off to them. But for me, I've been just really cooped up and it's been hard for me to be motivated to like sing and practice and things like that. You know, what? it's, it's interesting you say that because um, when I listen to your songs, like I would never think that you're extroverted. Because um, you, you you have all this you, you have all these medleys more like R and B soul and we could talk about the genre you want to uh, you know go into in a minute but you know I, I thought you'd be more like want to be in your own space writing songs I would have thought you that you need the energy of other people to like write songs but does that mean um, but let's talk about the genre first and foremost like what genre of music do you do for me I feel like I've grown up and just loved pop R&B and I've also been so interested in like alternative rock and things like that I feel like I really want to expand on that someday but for me it's 
I I love like pop R and B like solid good, you know, tracks. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Let's let's peel back the layers a little bit before we we get into how did Karima. Let's talk about Karima before talking about how Karima got to discover the pop R and B genre. Like, talk to me about growing up. Um, how was growing up for you uh, in particular? I mean, when I look at your name, Karima Hussein, I want to assume that you know you have heritage in the country besides the U.S. So, talk to me about your parents. How was it like uh, growing up for you, uh, either in the U.S. or maybe somewhere else? Yeah, no. Um, for me, I am actually born and raised in South Dakota, mm. which is, everybody asks me how it is, and it's just it's nothing. It's not really <laughs> the thing to be. <laughs> hey, careful now. Some people in South Dakota may, might be listening to this episode. <laughs> I, um, well. <laughs> aren't, aren't you supposed to be repping your hometown? Like uh, people, no. artists rep your hometown and all that stuff. I, I wish I could. I, I'm, I, I really feel like in, in South Dakota, there's not that much African community. And I was, I, I lived in the city where it was the most urban. And there really wasn't what, a lot what of city, that. What city was that? What was that? What city did you grow up in? I lived in Sioux Falls. Sioux Falls, Sioux Falls? South Dakota. Yeah. Okay. So for me, I never really got to kind of like expand in. I always, how do I say, loved like imagining being in a bigger city and things like that. Because um, my mom and my dad came to America and lived in South Dakota and they got divorced. So kind of growing up with just my mom and being the only child for a good 10 years, I oh, wow. really didn't have a lot of people or like older siblings, things like that, kind of like introducing me to like music and movies and things like that. So the the more and more I I talk to you, are you sure you're extroverted, Karima? Because you grew up in South Dakota, you were an only (laughs) child for a decade. You seem so R&B, like what, where did, okay, let's like, so you said there wasn't a huge African population in South Dakota. Does that mean you were sheltered as a child? Like obviously like the African population aren't the only population in South Dakota, like where you're allowed to wander, to go out there, or you grew up within like a community, whether that's a a religious community or a cultural community, that kind of thing. What was that like for you? For me, I'm thankful for where I lived growing up, at least for the first like 10 years until I was like 15. Um, That the side that I lived in, in Sioux Falls, had the most African community. So I had like West African people, East African people, I had a lot of Sudanese families as well. (laughs) Um, So I got to enjoy growing up being around African kids and, you know, biking to different apartments to hang out with other African children and and living in that space. Because, you know, I often wonder, you know, being around not a lot of African people and not being exposed to that, what kind of person I would have been. But I actually had the opposite experience where I actually got to have a really good community living in South Dakota and making the best of living there. (laughs) You make it sound like, (laughs) you know, it's funny for people like me because I'm like the reverse. So Hmm. I grew up in a bunch of like cities like Lagos, I lived in D.C., like all these places, Chicago, and these are like considered like very busy cities, but I crave for the small town. Like the first time I went to like Northern Colorado, like a couple of small towns over there, like I can see myself like selling here, like peace and quiet, just there podcasting, chilling, reading, you know, and all that stuff. So I don't know, maybe like everyone just years for the opposite 
uh, uh, from what they're used to in particular. But yeah, you said you grew up like biking, you know, hanging out with kids, you know, in the mm-hmm. African community, that kind of thing. How much did your parents, um, how much in touch with your culture? Because you're Ethiopian, right? You have Ethiopian heritage. Uh, if I could say that your parents came over here from Ethiopia, uh, mm-hmm. how much of the Ethiopian culture did your parents kind of like put you through when you were younger or your mom, uh, given that you grew up with your mom, did, were you like exposed to the language, to the food? Did you have a situation where it was kind of like one culture at home and then out there in the U.S. was kind of like another thing? Like, how was that like for you? For me, I... I was, my mom was very open with like being Ethiopian and being proud that I'm Oromo and knowing my own culture, um, playing, you know, I, I can remember just my mom having the BCH tapes and having like a, like a medley of like Oromo music videos that we would listen to. And, you I mean guess, like the VHSs? Oh, yeah. Wow. Like the, the cassette tapes that you put in the TV or like the little like VH, uh, okay. VHS like, players. Okay. My mom would have like those tapes like stacked up of like music videos and like Oromo music and you know making Buna like you know coffee and things like that I felt very close to my culture and mm-hmm. actually I'm thankful for that as well because I ended up going to school with just like white kids I was the only black kid in my class mm-hmm. so I feel very very proud of being Oromo and my mom always like lifted that part up in, in our family and I I can really understand sadly a little bit of Oromo but I can't mm. speak it, but I do try very hard as my family. Got it, got it. Wait, when yeah. you say you went to school with white kids, was that high school or college? So that was like middle school through high school. Okay. I moved to more of like the suburban area. My mom got a house. Um, and so being a single mother, she only ever worked in the morning and the buses that are closer to the city in Sioux Falls were too far. There really isn't a transit station anywhere where we live. So the bus that was available was for school outside, like in the cornfield, farms, everything like that. So that was where I kind of went to high school and realized I am the only African person person. in probably this whole school right now. What kind of kid were you in high school? Like, did you, did you feel lonely in a sense? Cause you were like, kind of like the only black person in school or how did you manage to adapt? Were you like the class clown? Were you the prom queen? Like, well, how did you, how did your high school turn out eventually? I was the kid that got along with every, and like mm-hmm. everybody would just feel okay being around like conversation. I feel like I was a floater between like all different types of what, people. What high school did you go to? Um, I went to Tri Valley High School. Tri Valley? Tri Valley. Okay, it was so like alumni of Tri Valley, you guys comment if she's lying, right? <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> All right, go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I was, I was very friendly. I was very much the choir kid. I was very much the one that sang a lot. Oh, you sang in high school? Yeah, I was a choir nerd. Like I spent most of my time being in the choir room, and mm. once I started, kind of identifying myself as a black girl in like high school because I was very much you know not really thinking about that and just living and and once I realized the hardships of like being you know all the experiences I had Mm -hmm. I kind of slowly backed myself away from certain people that didn't have the same ideas and morals that I had about really caring about black people so I I feel like you're trying to tell me something but I'm not getting it like this is a podcast like we can be as explicit and as truthful as we can possibly okay 
Yeah, what? I mean, are you trying to be PC <laughs> on me? Come on, Karina. Let it out. You're a singer. You're supposed to a move, you know, let it out. <laughs> so who are these people you're talking about? And what were the things that they did? Like, did you experience some form of racism or what, what was that? I mean, not to put it lightly, but, you know. Yeah, no. I mean, I was always told that, like, they, I would have, like, people say black jokes to me that were really racist, that they thought were okay. They thought that because I'm so friendly that that was the space they could take up like knowing me in school, that they could just come up to me and say these things. I had to really step back and think like, okay, I'm the only Black person here. How do I explain it to these white people that you can't treat me like that? I'm so nice to you. I don't understand. Um, So I went like most of high school explaining Black Lives Matter for a good portion, like probably. Wait, did you say you went through high school explaining Black Lives Matter? Yeah, yeah. For Wait, what, what year were you in high school? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I graduated in 2016 from high school. Okay. All right, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, what? <laughs> so, you know, things like that. I had to really tell these kids, you know, these things that you're saying are racist. I'm, I'm not okay with that. I have to stand up for myself. I have to kind of build my own backbone in that sense. Do you get into any fights? Do you throw those hands? Mm-mm. No. Or you just I do- just. Just through those voices, that's it. I just, I just got fed up. I, I most of my friends in high school aren't really my friends. I think that I have one friend in South Dakota yeah. that is right from that school that understands. Yeah, but yeah, no, they were. It wasn't terrible, thank God. I didn't mm. get bullied like that, but I, I really started accepting my curly hair. You know, knowing that white isn't everything. Like those are the things I had to like go through in high school over there. Like, I mean, oh. you have beautiful hair. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting you say that because, you know, the more I live in this country, the more I tend to understand a lot of things I and a lot of people like me took for granted. Like immigrants who grew up outside the country and weren't necessarily born here or came here at an early age. Like someone like me, I grew up in Nigeria and, you know, I never had that problem. Like we had cases of tribalism and whatnot, but never really racism. So I was super comfortable in my own skin. Like I wasn't this 11-year-old kid trying to figure out why the world was like this. I was just, you know, you know, had our own issues, but we're just normal kid issues. Like our parents didn't need to sit us down and explain, oh, this is why uh, people are treating you differently and there's something called racism. And I can just imagine going through that. And it's even worse now in high schools where people go through drills uh, because of the gun violence and things like that. I can't even imagine what it is going to high school in America as a colored kid in 2020. Like that, that must be a very interesting experience. Like, do you have, you, you said you were the only kid for a while, but did you, did you eventually get half siblings who are maybe currently now in high school or getting there, like in middle school? Uh, what are the things you're telling them to expect? My brother, he... Uh, was born exactly, he's, he's 13 now. Um, so we have a very big gap between us. Um, and I went, he's going to the same school that I went to. He still lives in South Dakota with mom. So I always, always tell him, you know, like as best as you can, just stand up for yourself. Like have, like make sure that the people, like people around you respect you, you know, and if they don't, don't waste your time on them. Like I always want him to carry himself like 
that, you know, he's amazing. He shouldn't hate himself back. Interesting. Did you ever take solace in music or you took, uh, you found solace in other things uh, in high school while, while you were going through all that? For me, it was music. I, I would just dedicate my time to just perfecting any kind of performance I had or choir concerts, you know, since it was very small and being there. It's kind of really all I had. Um, I I find I found solace in my teachers actually my my really? teacher and my band teacher yeah they they were the one who they were encouraging me to just be myself and just go for what I want and that like whatever happens in the future is gonna happen as long as I like put that foot forward and they kept me from just throwing these hands right exactly which <laughs> <laughs> <it>. was close <laughs> really. <laughs> That's pretty interesting. So I guess it's safe to say your mom kind of like introduced you to like, you know, music, like cultural music from like a playlist with the VHS. And then you kind of like own that skill in high school. What were you listening to? Like 2016, that must have been like, what, Bruno Mars? Uh, who else was there? Uh, 21 Pilots or what, what? What was going on? What were you listening to? In my phone right now. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> I'm just saying. I just guessed. <laughs> It's funny because that I think that's the out uh, the year that Beyonce's self-titled album came out. Seven sixteen, probably. No, I think that must have been earlier, right? Earlier, I'm not maybe. sure. Um, I think maybe, maybe it was. Uh, Beehive, don't come for me. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah, I would, I would listen up. She's like my icon. I love her. Really? Yeah, she is one of my. Just like artists that I look up to. I know a lot of people. So what what Beyonce song best describes you as a human being? Ooh. Is it like single ladies or is it Halo? Or is it uh, If I Were a Boy? Which one is it? Ooh. Oh, man. I think that it's probably Pretty Hurts by Beyonce. I don't know. Pretty Hurts? I don't think I know that one. I don't think I'm That's that much of a fan time. to know that one. <laughs> that shows how much of a fan you are, to be honest. Uh, if, you, if you know that, I probably know like the popular... Beyonce songs, but you know, um, like when you go deep, deep, I, I'm probably, you know, just, yeah, no, just a white belt. But it's pretty interesting. So, your mom and your brother are currently in South Dakota. I mean, you're recording this from Colorado, right? Like, what informed the move? What made you come out here? Moved out here for college, actually. My mom and my dad, um, even though they're divorced, they're still communicating. Like, I've been thankful to have my mom and dad be cool with each other. Um, And I wanted to be in a dorm. I'm kind of going back to the beginning. I just want to be out. I want to explore. During COVID? That's very no. responsible of you. Okay, I'll go on. <laughs> when yeah. I moved. Okay, there but, you go. Um, so, yeah, my mom and dad were like, no, for an Ethiopian, also Muslim girl, um, mm-hmm. that's not the right move, you know? And I understood where they were coming from, but... Wait, you know, what, what felt like the right move to move to Colorado? Um, it felt like I understood where my mom and my dad were coming from for me not wanting to live in a dorm um, and being safe and close to home. Um, but I didn't want to. And their resort was to move to Colorado because my aunt ah, lived here. So you rebel. There we go. There <laughs> we go. Life of an artist coming together. This is how the gra- this is how you make a Grammy or you win a Grammy. First, you move far away from home. You experience some kind of relationship trauma like Adele style <laughs> that'll cause you to write like the best song out there. It's that's and just the start. That's just the start. There we go. Uh, that's just the start? What it's else? just a start. <laughs> well, oh. 
I moved here to live with my aunts, you know, and the first year was tough because I really, really wanted to experience and, and I just wanted to have fun and meet people. And I wanted to enjoy what Colorado had for me. And with, with an African aunt, like, who are you kidding? Um, yeah. who, who, are, who are you kidding? <laughs> They said, uh-uh, you're, you're, we got a curfew for you. You're not going nowhere. <laughs> so they, you know, we, I, being respectful, I always try to make offers with them to, you know, I, I will stay home. I won't be out, X, Y, Z. And it just, it just kind of fell apart. And I made a decision, an executive decision to move out by myself. And I, this was what, your sophomore year, your junior year? This was, I took... So technically, it was my first year from 2016 to 17. Okay. Uh, and then I moved out like the end of that school year. So okay. Like, How do you get money to get your own place? How did that happen? Oh, man. I just, I, I was about to swear, but I just worked my butt off. You swear? <laughs> and, oh, I wouldn't have guessed it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> drop, drop, drop the F-bomb one time. <laughs> See? <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, but my, I, I moved out. I got two jobs. I said, this is what do, you know, I can't not have friends and have a social life. And I want to, I want to figure out what I want to do in life. Cause at that time I didn't know. And just told them three days before I moved that I'm, I'm moving out. Just like that. Just like that. And, and then obviously your dad and your mom calling like, have you lost your mind? Yeah, man. I didn't get one. I got multiple phone calls. <laughs> and you're the first child. So obviously they'll be, you know, extra protective of you. But yeah, look at you now. You're on a podcast. Hey. Got it. Got it. So obviously you decided to take your music more seriously. And I can imagine like living alone, you have like the independence to take your music more seriously. Like you teamed up with Rora Music, you know, RL and them guys who I've had on the podcast. Um, what made you decide to want to, you know, partner with a record label? Um, why didn't you push your thing independence? And what attracted you to Rora Music uh, in particular? Um, I... Never really thought that I was going to pursue a music career um, just from living in South Dakota. And really? what, what did you want to do real quick, like as a kid? I thought I was going to be a therapist. <laughs> okay. I mean, you can still be that with, with music. I mean, Adele, I thought, Adele is a therapist. You know? I'm here to counsel, you know? So I, uh, I never thought I'd be like a full-time like musician or like try until I moved to Denver and I met like a lot of really amazing artists and friends and, you know, whether that be photography or anything like that that were encouraging me to pursue it. Um, and so I, being in college, I met one of my friends, uh, her stage name is Kaore. Um, her name is Kaore. What was her stage name? Kaore. Kaore? And yes. Nice. Um, she, I met her on campus and we became really close friends and met Rashid. And so when he brought up the label, um, I was like, this is my, this is my opportunity to really build that foundation and start. Cause I never thought I'd have, I, I couldn't imagine doing it by myself because of the way that I've grown up. So meeting Rashid and him being really determined to start the label and him being the person he is, I, I just made that decision. I'm really happy I did because. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, happens. yeah. I mean, those those young men are, you know, destined for amazing things. I knew yourself as well, I can imagine, um, are destined for amazing things. I mean, you, you guys opened for, what was it, Burner Boy in 2019 when he came to Denver? Yes. Something, something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
yeah. It's like we... uh, 10 years ago now with COVID, but you know. No. I think that was like my first or second month in Denver. So I was still trying to, you know, get settled in a, like a, an apartment or whatever. So I couldn't make the concert. But um, somehow, somehow I got to meet Rashid and, you know, like, oh, he opened for Burn About. Like, oh, I have a podcast. Like, you come on. And, you know, <laughs> just interesting cool. to see the growth from like a year ago and things that are improving now. How is that like for you? Like, Rora music is more like was birthed out of like, it has like an Afrobeat element to it in, in some way of shape or form. And, you know, those guys there are like guy guys, you know, you, you're here like the R&B, like bringing sanity to the whole thing. <laughs> How do you hold your own in that kind of environment? That kind of, are, are you starting to learn to like fuse some culture into your music or you're like strictly like pop R&B type? I, my friend, uh, Kathy, who's also on the label, uh, she listens to Afrobeats and, and I never really listened to it before I was friends with her because I never really had access to that. So um, there, I've helped her write, or not write, but kind of help her structure some songs and it's given me some ideas um, especially with RL, you know, um, I haven't, but I'm really open to try like experimenting that. I feel like your really life, your life never remains the same. Trust me. <laughs> Afrobeat is a spirit in his own, but you know, um, is that something like besides Afrobeat? Is that how, um, diverse are you would you say you are as a musician uh, how many genres do you experiment with um have you tried your hands in you know production or mini production how involved are you in the production process or do you just want to kind of like get your your lyrics out there and, and see see your lyrics on the song or are you, are you like really interested about, about how it sounds and experiment with other genres that kind of thing I have been really interested in like live band, having live instruments. Wow. I've really, I can play a guitar like a decent, I don't really know too much, but I can play you chords. And I'm mm. also going to learn how to play piano as well. Wow. Um, a lot of my friends are musicians. And so when we perform together, um, that I've listened to a lot of like old school rock, rock alternative rock, um, pop, you know, Things like that, like Paramore and just bands that have a lot of that, like, kind of like that edge to it. I like to expand and listen to those, that type, like, of genre. Are you, are you seeing those songs live in a band? Um, I have before. <laughs> okay. You know, we're going to tell you to test our vocal cord on the podcast, right? Oh, like, give oh. us, Give us a few notes. Here we go. There we go. That's the one thing you don't ask, singer. <laughs> why not? <laughs> why not? We put you on the spot. That's our job. <laughs> There you go. Uncut. Man. Career making moment right here. The pressure's <laughs> on. Feel the pressure. Feel the pressure. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying she's to she's brushing it off. She's like, uh, that, this ain't nothing. <laughs> All right, I'll keep quiet now. Wait for you. Three, two, one. And anyway, so how are you? <laughs> Just kidding. Um, one song that I really like is um, How Did We Get Here? Well, I used to know you so well. Oh, how did we get here? I think I know. That's a Paramore code. I love that. I mean, how we got here, I mean, I sent you a link on the podcast, you know, on Zoom, but in case you forgot. That that was a joke. That was a joke. (laughs) But you seem to... You see, that's one thing about your song. Like a few songs I've listened, like a, a few of your covers, you know, tend to have that depth in it. 
like and seems to be talking to someone in particular or a few people. I mean, you just dropped a single or a video, uh, Don't Stay Up, and it felt like you were talking to someone like, like, who are you talking to, Karima? Like, who are you writing the songs for? Is it a real person or is it bits, bits, bits and pieces of people you've seen different people and like make up someone? Because you seem to be really deliberate in your lyrics. Are you talking to someone out there? Well, you know, the funny thing is, is that um, RL was the one who wrote that song. Really? Yes. Yes. Who would have thunk it? Yeah. Don't stay up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Look at RL getting publishing and uh, producer <laughs> checks up and down. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Mr. RL got a soft side, huh? Yeah, no, he he was the one who brought, it was actually my first recording studio session I ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, and he brought that song to me with, with me in mind. And, you know, it was just like, a, it wasn't too completely formed, but we worked on it for like hours. Um, and the song for me, <laughs> you said, who, who is the song about? I, I know. Who talking to? <laughs> what is it? Like, it sounds like, I'm like who, who, what, what did she say? <laughs> you know, I, I just, it's, it's basically that person who you really have a connection with and you just are not on that on that level yet of you you connecting with that person in the sense of I know what we want to be, you know who we want to be as a relationship, mm. where is it going, and how do you clarify that? It's a very weird explanation, but it's just kind of wanting that person to be there for you, be with you, spend that time with you. Pony you up, know? John or James or who is it <laughs> wherever you are pulling up you're yeah, listening to this obviously uh, karima wants you to you know <laughs> i'm just i'm just kidding my bad <laughs> no you're good <laughs> no i think a lot of people kind of feel like that especially nowadays with relationships and dating and spending that time getting to know someone but never really having that clarification of where it's supposed to go but you know how you feel and you don't know when you're supposed to come, come to that with that person. So what are you supposed to do in that situation when you know exactly how you feel and your feelings towards someone else? Do you just wait and hope and pray? Do you go after what you want? Like, well, what's your approach in, in, a, in a situation like that? Just kind of basically sit them down and make it clear what your intentions are and what you want. And if it's not how you're feeling, you know, if they try to make excuses, I don't like excuses, um, then it's done. It's kind of needs to fade off at that point. Mm. Mm. In my opinion. <laughs> and then you pick up the pieces and put it in the song, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, pretty interesting. What do you see for yourself, like, um, as far as, you know, career goes? Um, what do you want to do? Is there a particular dream artist you want to collaborate with? Is there like a festival or stage you want to perform at? Is there an award you want to win? Like what, what do you kind of like see for yourself in the music industry as your personal goal? Wow. That's a big question. (laughs) Um, I always wanted to perform for the VMA awards Mm -hmm. MTV awards. That's kind of why I really love singing and performing because I've always, I've watched all those award shows and that's where I want to be. I want to get to that point in my career where I can have that performance, where I can go and perform for like Coachella one day, um, things like that. Shout out Beyonce. <sighs> she baby <went. laughs> I'll but, text her after this episode. Like, hey, B, I'm you good. have a fan over here, you know, wow. that kind of thing. 
Thank you. Oh my God. You ruined it. Yeah. I like, you know, I've always wanted to perform for like festivals, like especially ones in like Brazil. Brazil's crazy. Brazil. That's very yeah. specific. Yeah. What, what festivals are in Brazil? Um, I had one. It's on the tip of my tongue. Everybody goes there. Oh, Wait, you mean like the carnival and things like that? No, just kind of like it's like Coachella. It's like that's like a festival. Interesting. Yeah, like other there are other names of festivals. I just can't think of them right now. But the ones that are really popular in Brazil are like crazy. The fan bases are like insane. So I want to tour. That's that's another big goal of mine. On internationally, uh, internationally. Got it. Touring. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. We look forward. Uh, to, you know, documenting all these things as you, you know, achieve them month over month or year over year. Uh, we wish you all the best in all your endeavors. And hey, come back with that Grammy, man. Let's uh, put these two videos side by side. And I'm like, hey, she said she's going to do it. She did it. You know, it is what it is, you know, that kind of thing. But um, yeah, I like to like kind of like give my guests a few minutes after the podcast if they want to like, you know, speak to something within touch on during the interview or kind of like talk to their future self, you know, put out something there in the universe or maybe ask me a question question or maybe drop your social media handles, talk about your project, like whatever it is you want to do. Well, I have a YouTube channel, um, Covers by Karima. I'm planning on dropping some videos on there really soon. Um, and expect an EP or an album in the near future. That is my goal. And I will come back to this podcast to make sure I get it done. <laughs> most definitely. Most definitely. Before you come back to this podcast, though, let me put you on blast. When am I going to get my song for my soundtrack? You know, the Culture Class podcast is putting out a soundtrack, which I think is the first time I'm saying that on the podcast because I wanted this to be a surprise. But hey, whatever. Like, when am I going to get my, my single, Karima? Your single? Oh, mm-hmm. I will right away. Okay, there right we away. go. All right, she said it here. So that's a verbal contract. Rara music, you hear that? That's a verbal contract. All right, I really want to appreciate you, you know, coming here. I think you have like a, a an amazing personality, like inside and out. Like I have no doubt in my mind that you're going to achieve great things and uh, just keep doing what you're doing. And, um, you know, sometimes you might have to throw those hands, you know, once in a while, but uh, it is what it is, you know. There we go. There we go. You want to drop your social media? Uh, my, my Instagram is KXRIMA. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Facebook page is just Karima Hussein, H U S S E N. And my YouTube channel, Covers by Karima. Check it out. Got it. Got it. And you guys can follow Cultural Class Podcast. It's the same everywhere. Cultural Class Podcast. Dot com culture class podcast on all social media probably by the time you listen to this we should have crossed 100 episodes it's been a it's been an interesting journey over the last two years or so so sucks that it's during covid but you know hopefully we'll get to put on something like a live event or something in a couple of cities in 2021 watch out for information but first soundtrack coming up all right guys till next time have a good one